0: It's a soul anchor. Hold on to the. Hope it is Hello. This is the Soul Anchor Podcast, and I am your host, Vidal Moreno. In the Soul Anchor Podcast, we seek to anchor our faith in the truths of the Bible while we sail across the sea seeking adventures where they can be found. We are living in a post-Christian world in the West. It seems like Christianity is in full retreat from a culture that has become increasingly hostile to our beliefs. And yet, we have been commanded to fulfill our great commission and take the gospel to everyone, including the people who hate and revile us. So, how do we equip ourselves to be ready to share the gospel when the Holy Spirit gives us the opportunity? Is this a post-truth world? A world governed not by enlightenment and the search for truth, but by apathy? How can I win someone into the family of God when he simply does not care whether there is a God or not? In his book, *Apathyism*, How We Share When They Don't Care, Kyle Bashir's gives us the strategy for how to reach these people who simply don't care. It is a very practical book, easy to read, and full of insights. I challenge you to pick it up from your favorite bookstore. I will be including the Amazon link in my show notes. As always, I will be gleaning from it the key points and sharing it with you in hopes that you will read the book for yourself. So, please join me as we continue the adventure of preparing ourselves to reach the most difficult people to reach. The ones who don't care about God. In our last episode, we began looking at the four factors that lead to apatheism. We focused on the secularization of our society and its descent into pluralism. If you've not heard this episode, please stop this one and listen to that one. These episodes will build on each other. So, what are the other two factors that are leading modern Westerners to becoming apatheists? This is an amazing world we live in. Constant advancements in technology, a wealthy economy, and stable governments keep us contented and amused in ways that the world has never seen. We all enjoy customized lifestyles that fit our interests and desires and we share them with like-minded communities all around the world. The kicker is that we do so safely under the protection of a government that enforces firm and fair laws while simultaneously capturing our attention with the mayhem that animates American politics. But what do these two things have to do with apathy toward God? Let's first of all focus on the comfort we enjoy. To do so, we need to go back in time and consider medieval Europeans one last time. They lived very uncomfortable lives, from fear of thieves to disease. People lived with deep uncertainty, knowing that they might face death at any moment. Their security in their existence was often shaken, which drove them in anxiety toward what they believed brought them safety and order, God. They relied on Him daily for their welfare and protection. He gave rain for the crops, protected families from robbery and death, and commanded rulers to keep order in their kingdoms. But after centuries of progress, Western society made unparalleled advances. Many diseases were eradicated. Wealth grew and was distributed. A middle class came into existence. And governments created laws of equity that led to prosperity. The result is a very comfortable society. It's convenient, prosperous, and relatively safe. Unfortunately, the COVID pandemic of 2020 expose the fragility of our safety and prosperity in the face of global challenges. Nevertheless, we pursue life, liberty, and happiness comfortably. Indeed, comfort is the one of the greatest virtues of our society. We hesitate to leave our comfort zones, fearful of the discomfort that inevitably follows. In this kind of world, people feel that they don't need God. I don't pray that God would prevent droughts so my family will have food during winter. I don't spend my days pleading with God to protect me from the threat of disease or war. I assume there's a vaccine and that the military is doing its job somewhere far away from my home. I don't rely on God for anything. Instead, I rely on the affluence and stability of my country, or at least the perceived affluence and stability. And even when life is interrupted by the threat of a new disease or war, God is petitioned only for a short time until we feel that things are back within our control. Researchers have long noted the relationship between mortality and and belief in the supernatural. Religious belief is heightened when people come in contact with death, chaos, and uncertainty. In wealthy and stable societies like Scandinavia, God is less important, but in impoverished parts of the world where infant mortality and poverty are high, God is very important. Remember how many places of worship were filled by frightened seekers in the days immediately following 9-11? As long as we feel safe and stable, God is less likely to play a role in our lives. In other words, the more a society feels safe and taken care of, the less important it finds God to be. And the less motivated people are to turn to God, the less likely they will find His existence relevant. In a comfortable and safe society like ours, apatheists lack the motivation to care about God. But the comfort we experience in our society is not the only factor that leads to apathyism. When somebody asks you how you are doing, what do you say? Many of us say, busy. It is our default answer. With smartphone in hand, from sunrise to sunset, the one thing that captures my attention is everything. What I do know, however, is that the comfort offered by our modern world also brings with it a nearly unavoidable distraction. Email alerts, text messages, notifications, ads, and pop-ups – They've all trained our brains to redistribute our limited focus across a thousand things at once. When we lose cell reception, we feel disoriented and anxious. The funny thing is that when social media was born, the idea was to make communication with colleagues and friends easier and more convenient in order to increase efficiency at work. Supposedly, this would allow us more time for family and play at home. Think back 30 years ago, if you were even alive back then. Do you remember what the early internet was like? The early internet was governed by services like AOL and MySpace. You had to turn on the computer, join the internet, which took a few minutes, and then log in to check your messages. I can still hear the noise the modem would make as it connected. Can you? Are you even old enough to know what I'm talking about? These services couldn't come to you. They were locked behind stationary processes that took time and effort to open. It was cumbersome, so you'd only check them a few times each week. But something changed. The Internet became faster and more affordable, as it migrated from PCs to smartphones. Bulky, expensive software shrank into free apps and now alert us with dings and chimes all day long. On mobile devices, we no longer go to apps. Apps come to us. And every time they do, our attention gets diverted. We try to fool ourselves by thinking that we're just merely multitasking. There's no such thing as true multitasking when it comes to contemplation and meditation. How hard was it for you to stay off the computer while you were experiencing online church during the height of the pandemic? It was very difficult for me to concentrate with Twitter Calling me at every moment. In the book Disruptive Witness, Alan Noble argues that the persistent distraction of our culture prevents us from asking the deepest, most important questions about existence and truth. We effortlessly avoid asking the biggest, most difficult questions of life because we're so busy. He writes, quote, we are addicted to novelty, and as with most addictions, it takes a toll on our bodies. We become mentally fatigued, scrambled. The modern mind is often not prepared to engage in dialogue without personally challenging ideas, particularly ones with deep implications, unquote. Worse yet, even if we wanted to set aside some time for Introspection, we still struggle to tell the difference between what matters most and what doesn't matter at all. Technology has given us more freedom to rest, but at the same time, it demands more of us all the time. We offer the world a finely curated version of our lives, and in exchange, the world assesses our values with hearts, upvotes, and retweets. There's a cheesy word for this: happiness. The fleeting feeling of euphoria we get from apps on our phone. Meaning ought to come from something that extends beyond this world, not something that incessantly exposes us to millions of competing meanings available through lifestyles, shopping, politics, and play. Our brains have been rewired to value what's fast and immediate rather than slow and eventual. We want everything right here and now. If an idea cannot be communicated in a meme or a 280 character tweet, then it's not worth our time. I know I have made this recommendation before, but I will do so again. You must. Must, must watch The Social Dilemma if you have access to Netflix. Okay, back to the program. Why is this so diabolical? Well, Christianity values calm and quiet practices that draw us in slowly over extended seasons of spiritual maturation and the internalizing of truth. It promotes Sabbath rest prayer, meditation, reflection, and study. In our culture, the Bible feels outdated. It's much quicker to do an internet search than to read, study, and meditate on an ancient book. Our faith invites us to do things more slowly, while the world offers us something quicker. Most of us have bankrupted ourselves by spreading our attention so thin across multiple platforms that it's almost unthinkable to devote ourselves to listening to sermons, scripture reading, and prayer. Belief in God feels so old and out of date. We feel the need to do more and more because we want to feel like we are valuable. Our culture promotes a relentless drive to achieve the American dream by improvements that lead to accomplishments. For us, happiness is ultimately found in what we do. Happiness, like truth, is something we manufacture. Our whole identities become wrapped up in what we do. When we ask the question, what do you do for a living? Whether we know it or not, we are gauging one another's value of worth. In this distracted world, God isn't merely unneeded. He's unnoticed. So, let's quickly review. The root cause of apathyism is the fact that we live in a secular, pluralistic, comfortable, and distracted age. Those are the four. In our culture, it is easy to be indifferent to God, but belief in God hasn't disappeared. Instead, faith and skepticism live side by side, joined by countless alternative beliefs. Our affluence provides all we need. We don't feel God is necessary. Besides, in our distracted lifestyles, most rarely even notice him it is in this soil of secularism diversity comfort and distraction that apathyism not only grows but flourishes these four factors account for the two primary reasons apathyism exists first people lack a reason to care about god because of secularism and pluralism. And second, people lack the motivation to care about God because of affluence and technology. Let me repeat that again, because it is the very gist of what I'm getting at. First, people lack a reason to care about God. They lack a reason to care about God because of secularism and pluralism, Or diversity. And second, people lack the motivation, lack the motivation to care about God because of affluence and technology. Secularism, comfort, and distractions aren't insurmountable obstacles. Technology can be turned off for a season so that meditation on the big questions can become possible. Lacking the reason and motivation to care about God is more of an excuse than a limitation. Such excuses can only hold us captive if we let them, and we stay in their captivity because we want to. Some people just don't want to know God truly and love Him fully, and they lack the will to care they are overwhelmed with reasons to be indifferent. I can't help but think about the story of Jesus' encounter with the rich young ruler found in Matthew 19, 16-22. Religion for this wealthy young man was a means to an end, a way to learn the right deeds that led to fulfillment. But he still felt like he was coming up short, like he lacked something. Jesus instructed the ruler to sell everything he had, give it to the poor, and follow him. But the cost was too high. He loved his wealth so much that he couldn't love Jesus more. Could he have loved Jesus more than his wealth? Of course. But he didn't want to. So the rich young ruler Walked away from true joy. In the same way, some apatheists love their lives the way they are because they offer them some form of authenticity and fullness. They do sense that there is something more. When they find the answer, when they encounter God, they recognize there's a cost associated with the fullness He offers but it's too high a cost. So they employ apathy to shield themselves from disappointment. This kind of apathy exists because we live in an age of authenticity that encourages us to craft individual identities based on picking and choosing what we want to believe. We accept or reject them based on whether or not they will benefit us, especially as we build our authentic selves and project them to the world. Unless belief is seen as complementing and improving a person's individual self, it's tossed aside. Unless Jesus can add eternal life to our wealthy lifestyles, he's not worth following. For atheists. Whether or not God exists and has revealed Himself through Jesus Christ is far less important than whether Christianity helps or hinders the people they want to become. They prefer tranquility over truth. Bashir believes that this is the core reason why apatheism exists. We do not want to care about God. We've developed an antipathy toward spiritual contemplation because we don't want what inevitably follows, a fundamental change in who we are and how we live. For these people, to sacrifice autonomy is too high a cost. So, they protect it through apathy. Bashir summarizes these last two chapters beautifully. Quote, apatheism occurs when someone thinks and feels God is unimportant. In short, apatheism exists because people lack the reason, motivation, and will to care about God. He's not needed to explain why we're here. Science has given us the answer. Besides, which version of God in the multitude of beliefs leads to truth anyway. He is unnecessary for our fulfillment because happiness is found in affluence and our distracted pursuit of meaning. When it's all said and done, apathists don't want to care because their wants have been trained to look elsewhere for meaning and joy. Unquote. In our next episode, we will move past the causes of apathyism and focus on what it is and how it affects us. Yes, us. Even us Christians. If you're enjoying the Soul Anchor Podcast and would like to automatically receive the podcast every time I upload an episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Soul Anchor Podcast is also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The Soul Anchor Podcast Facebook page has the complete transcript of this episode. Like the page so that you can receive notifications when I post information about these episodes. I invite all my listeners to message me on Facebook or email me at vidmore at yahoo.com. I would love to hear from you. I get very little feedback and I would love to get some feedback, positive or negative. Getting back to the podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, tell others about it and leave a five star review because that will allow the podcast to get more recognition in the community. Till we meet again. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.